You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, episode 13, Finding Ministry Opportunities. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast. From America's finest city, San Diego, California, this is Tim Lucas. And in Granbury, Texas, the home of Peter Mayhew, the actor who played Chewbacca, our evangelist extraordinaire, Nigel Ali. Hey everyone, how y'all doing? And from the most environmentally conscious city in the world, according to Kate Shepard, Portland, Oregon, Ryan Goff. That's right, breathing this fresh, clean air up here in Northwest. We're just three regular guys who are passionate about growing young ministers. If you are a young minister, or if you are just thinking about becoming a minister, this show is designed for you. On this episode, we're going to be talking about probably the most often heard complaint from young ministers, I never get asked to preach. Now, in the five minutes we had a pre-show of talking, Nigel, you told us about some things you heard from your recent trips, being the evangelist extraordinaire that you are. You were preaching out, I think, what, about two weeks now? Y- yes. Well, I have... You've been in, in um, a neighboring district, yes, um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, and, yeah. And it, from everything I saw on Facebook, our conversations, you had just an incredible time. Yes, sir. Amazing, amazing time. So the question we're all wondering is, how do you get paid to preach at somebody else's church? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, That's not man. the question we're wondering. <laughs> no, um, so you were telling us about a common concern among a lot of the preachers there. Um, one of the great benefits of being a evangelist or guest speaker is you get that time with the ministers that we've referenced yeah. is so beneficial in a young minister's life. So what what are some of those concerns that you were telling us about? Yeah, I was uh, talking to some of the pastors, you know, some ministers. Uh, and, uh, you know, every church I went to, I, I would have some questions that I would ask the pastor. And uh, something that I began to notice that— uh, that they are young people that are talented in in those churches or whatever church it is. It's a common beginning to become a common trend that they are talented young people that are sitting in the pews and they they can be musicians. They can be uh, you know Bible school a Bible study teachers and they can do so much. Uh, youth pastors or or whatever they can do so much. But they're sitting in the pews, and they feel like they need to be paid for ministry, uh, and and that kind of bothered me a little bit because when I came into this, I never knew that you got paid to preach. There was nothing, yeah. nothing in that my mind that ever you got anything. Uh, we did all we did because we loved people and we love the kingdom of God. Uh, man, I would, uh, I've done so many things, um, teaching Bible studies, going to hospital visitation, going to the prison, going to, uh, you know, nursing homes. Uh, I've never asked to get paid for doing anything. Uh, I don't, and it's a very con- controversial maybe uh, topic, I don't know, but I don't think that, uh, uh you know, if if you're a young person in a church that you can get your hands busy in the kingdom of God, 
and you'll sit you'll sit there and say i'm not going to do anything until i get paid to to do this uh, i'll never get paid to do it then <laughs> because <laughs> truth yeah. i'm going to just go ahead and tell you right now if you go to bible school do not expect to get paid when you get out of bible school right right the chance of you going somewhere and becoming i mean and getting paid period yeah much less full time right is very small and more and more so um, you know, I, from Bible school, came out here to California. I moved on my own dime, which I am not complaining about. I'm yeah. just, you know, stating fact. Moved out here on my own dime. The church was very um, helpful in helping us find, you know, a place to live and things like that. The Pastor Hodges was amazing, let us stay in his motorhome when we got here. So I'm not saying there hasn't been benefits, but we've never been paid. We've never been put on salary. Um you know, and, and I've been, we've been here, I think, five years now. And I'm not complaining in the least bit, but I have had um, people I know who, when they find that out, are like, are you crazy? You know that you could go here. I know this person that needs a this position and you could get paid. They're offering this much. And it's like, I'm not going to leave here to go get uh, money unless God get, tells me to go. Can I get their number? Him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, just I don't. If you're listening, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, and it, and it's yeah. I don't yes, know. I would since, love since to be full time. Yeah, I feel like since when has ministry become a business? Uh, right. You know, absolutely. And, uh, the motive has to be right, and uh, uh, maybe uh, it was different for me because I was raised in the mission field, and uh, the missionary always focused on souls they they push souls maybe it's different in america i don't know but i know i know in fiji if you're a youth pastor sunday school teacher you're a, you're a, you're a musician and a singer you do it because you love god and the kingdom of god and uh, and maybe they they there'll be some offering that that the pastor might give you but it is never oh hardly if i can say a paid uh, position you know uh, I'm I'm thankful when I graduated from Bible College, I came down to Granbury. Uh, Pastor Stump was gracious enough; they helped us move. They they and also he uh, he knew my background in ministry that I was involved in ministry in Fiji. So they they did give us something, but that's that's far in between. If you're just coming out of Bible College, many times uh, you want a mentor. You want to get under a man of God that will help you grow. You know, Bible school gives you pretty much the skeleton, and then when you get out, you put meat on those on those bones. Right. You know what I mean? And so you want to find someone that uh, that will help you grow in ministry, get your hands dirty in ministry, if I can put it that way. And so I think uh, uh, if if that if that's a, a perception out there, and I. Th- uh, I feel like if we can break that myth that I don't think pastors need people coming and saying, you better pay me for doing whatever, you know what I mean? And I think it takes away the joy of ministry. It takes away the yeah. uh, the the whole essence of what ministry is all about. Right. Um, now, Ryan, tell us exactly your benefits package because it's pretty impressive. <laughs> 
Tell us. I why. get uh, we get fed every Sunday. That is actually a benefit. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So that that's that's a, that's great, a huge benefit. Yeah, we do that as a church. Uh, okay. One so of the ladies. A little. Yeah, one of the ladies at our at our church uh, has a burden for. Um, she just well, she loves to cook and she wants to feed the people. And they've, I think, Dallas have done that ever since. In fact, I don't know that he mentioned that, but. They've done that since they started the church. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and so the church gives money to Sister Norma, and uh, she goes and cr- plans the meal, and they and they uh, serve it on Sundays. But uh, yeah, when we came out here, we actually we didn't really quite know which church we were going to be going to, and so obviously there was no, you know, nobody was banging down my door and uh, offering me. You know, deluxe. You know, they weren't they weren't a uh, grape grape uh, <laughs> grapefruiting. I want to say whining and dining, but uh, grape juicing uh. and uh, dining me to say the least. But they were they. I could tell that they were genuine and them desiring me to come here, but uh, and be involved in their church. But there really was no uh, positions available as far as like uh, any sort of payment or anything like that and and i was totally fine with that because no i don't know uh nigel if maybe it's if it's location or what but i mean at least on the west coast the because that's the only place i've lived basically there really is only probably a handful of churches that and don't get me wrong i don't know I, i haven't been to all the churches and i don't know what their congregation size is but the actual the church size is they run smaller, you know. This isn't the Bible Belt, and uh, it just doesn't. The churches don't just don't grow like that, and so the churches really can't afford to fund and to to fund more than just the pastor and maybe a part time secretary, um, for the most part. Uh, some of them, there are a, a few churches that are bigger than that, but like when I was in L.A. when I came back in the church, I just I, I was kind of the same way. I, I it never crossed my mind to get paid for anything. Right. Yeah. In fact, it's weird for me now when I go and preach for somebody yeah. to, to, to get a check from them. Like it just, it felt, and growing up, I mean, the church that I grew up in, we didn't even take tithes and offering. There was a box in the back of the church where people would put their envelopes. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I really care for that way because growing up, I didn't really learn the responsibility and how important giving was because it wasn't emphasized in the church and my family, not all of them, but they were just pretty quiet about it. And my dad wasn't going to church at the time. And, and uh, so the thought of just giving a bunch of money to the church was kind of, I wouldn't say taboo, but we never talked about it. And so the whole idea of church and money just, it didn't go together. And so when I, the thought of getting paid just even through Bible college, uh, I never thought about. Then actually when I decided, you know, when we realized that, well, we would like to go full-time, doing the work in the church, I never expected to get paid for it. So that in order, that's a new concept for me. I just never looked at it that way because it was always voluntary for the love of God for the love of the work, reach souls, um, and to, to help the church grow. 
and you have to realize too when you do go full time don't expect don't think you're getting a cake job yeah and i i have a problem with people who get paid by the church and it's not just ministers whatever the position is if you're a secretary and you take a 2 hour lunch would you do that on a job and expect to not get fired would you do that to god i have a big problem with that and so as a pastor if you're getting you're being full time or assistant or you pass whatever it is if you're getting paid you better be putting as much time and effort in as you would in a secular job if not more there's no way i'm you know i'm going to get paid you know a salary and not put in 40 hours a week right I, and that at least i would think that's 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 kind of like a vacation week almost you know and sometimes i think young people don't see the challenges of ministry and the problem is too when you become full-time in quote-unquote ministry most of what you do is not ministry yeah it's not like you get to study all day right now once you have a bigger church and you have people to do the minutia for you that's a possibility and that's great but in all likelihood what you're going to start doing is a lot of paperwork things like that so you do have to then struggle to not lose the joy of ministry because you have to do a lot of the more mundane things. Right. Yeah, like doing, because um, I really help keep up the website and then doing, I've started doing the recordings and uh, then being involved with music and then not necessarily preaching all the time, but uh, just doing everything to lighten the load of the pastor. Right. Right. And, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys had the, the you know, you guys had great, I mean, obviously your dad, Tim and uh, Nigel, the missionaries and the pastors that you grew up with in Fiji. Yeah. The one thing I loved about, uh, well, both my pastors, Pastor Boswick, who was in Southern Oregon, and then Pastor Elms, who was in uh, LA, every Sunday morning I would go there. If there was stuff that was garbages that needed to be taken out, if there was dirt on the carpet or some scuffs on the wall he was down there cleaning it up if there was trash in the parking lot he was out there picking it up he never would ask he would just go and do it and i saw that on a daily and weekly basis and i just realized that you know what that really is at the heart of the servant with the heart of the ministry see the brother carver and brother reed kenneth reed that was there when brother carver left both of them, they used to say that, you know, when whatever you see around the church, whatever you see in the in the church, you know, from the from the pews, the chairs, the utensils, they're they're they belong to God and it is our yeah. responsibility to look after it. So it's not that, oh, this is not my job. It is my job, you know what I mean? It is my duty to look after it and uh, if the restroom's not clean, it is my job to clean it. It is my job because what we are doing is we are we are getting everything ready for the souls that are coming in to feel that they can relax and have have the two hours of sanity in their life. You know, right? And right. You, you're trying to do that, so it doesn't matter who you are in church. Uh, you don't. You got to just be involved. Doesn't matter what you do. You know what I mean. And that's exactly what the missionaries did. They, if they saw trash on the ground, they would bend down and pick that trash. You never 
walk over trash or whatever uh, without picking it up you know and that's that's the way it was uh it wasn't that it's somebody else's job you know and i think um, like i said I, I maybe it's different here that uh, it's a larger scale everybody's responsible for something and uh, and they just do their responsibility but I wasn't raised that way. Ministry was different. Like you guys were saying, you know, now that I've, I'm going full-time into evangelizing, you know, it is still difficult for me to receive that check. Uh, you know, I've even, uh, like, uh, I went to a church where they were supposed to send me the check, and I told that church because I went to just fill in uh in the church because the presbyter has was not able to go and i told them i said you know i went to preach and there were seven people in that church and i could not take i could not take yeah. the check i had to drive about two and a half hours three hours to to that church and uh, i told the presbyter i said please keep this as an offering uh, please don't i don't i don't want it you know what i mean it's just difficult for me sometimes to just receive that because if I, I told my wife, if this ever becomes, if what we are doing right now, evangelizing, if this ever becomes about money, I'm going to quit. I don't yeah. ever want this to be about money. Yes, my family needs to be paid, but we are working for God, not for man, and God will take care of us. You know what I mean? And so, and I think that's what we need to keep the focus of ministry that it's a work of god not for man and and then you can nobody can hurt you it doesn't matter if they give you a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars it's fine you know what i mean it right. doesn't matter yeah i uh i've been reading um one of sister freeman's books i think it's everything's gonna be okay or yes. uh-huh. i think that's the one and it just every time i read it i feel so guilty mm. because it's like they had so little yeah. Didn't complain. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, you know, I'm not I'm not going to lie. There's times I question. I'm like, okay, God, how? why is my family suffering? You know, should I have not done this? You know, I could have helped out in a church somewhere and had a stable, you know, career closer to, you know, my wife's family and just had a normal life. I've never got to the point where I wish I had done that, but sometimes I think it, and then I always feel guilty for thinking it, mm-hmm. you know, because right. we are so blessed, the poorest of us, like which one of us has one change of clothes for right, church right, right, and then one change of clothes for the week. <laughs> Mr. Freeman talks about she had one dress for yeah. church, one for, yep. for the week, you know, yeah. and wow all the time and they would they literally sometimes like i remember she prayed one time for a coat because it was snowing and she yes, literally had sir, no coat I remember that i've book. never had to do that yeah. ever yeah worst case scenario i go to goodwill yeah. i can always afford a coat at goodwill yeah right i've never been that broke and now we have credit cards and we live so much higher than so many of those in past generations yeah you know well, I think but a we're good kind way of to, off topic. I was going to okay. say, I think a good way to summarize what this intro part has been is that first and foremost, you cannot go in it for money. 
No. Right. If you if that is your if that is your drive, if that's what's motivating you, then you need to stop what you're doing. Get out. (laughs) And you need to get to the altar. Pray. (laughs) Repent. Ask for forgiveness. (laughs) Yes. And then and then really think about what your desire for the kingdom of God is. Yeah. Because we all we all have a, a a place in the kingdom. We all fit into the kingdom somehow. So yeah. if you've gone into ministry and you feel like you're not being used or you feel like, man, I should be getting some money. I should be getting paid. Why am I doing all this? And I'm not getting nothing. The pastor doesn't seem to be doing anything yet. He gets paid every Sunday. You know, he's driving a nice car. He's doing this and that. You need to stop. You need to go to the altar and to figure out what your place is because Getting right, paid you're nicer for than me. Is, you're nicer than me. I thought you were going to say you need to stop and just quit. Go do something what, else. Sell that's, shoes. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, Ryan, you know, you're right. There is hope for these people. Well, what, I guess what I'm saying is that, I, I mean, I didn't want to say that that wouldn't be their career, but. Reevaluate yeah. your motives and your in purpose. The, in, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the, we already talked about this. Bivocational pastors are the majority. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you go to a church that has enough has enough members to support multiple ministries, yeah, um, you know, a pastor and assistant pastor. I know, uh, like Tim Andrew, he's at a church where they can um, they can have a youth pastor on board, and if they can, that's great. Uh, and I hope your brother doesn't take two hour breaks, Andrew. If you're listening, <laughs> shame on you if you are. Just kidding. I know you're not. You're no, a Lucas. I know. He's always working. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He's, he's know, hardworking, he man. He's a hardworking yeah. boy. Um, I know. I He learned how to ride a horse, and I'm sure that wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play. So after this 21-minute introduction, <laughs> Ryan, you also mentioned um, something you've heard some ministers express concern about. Um I well, you didn't. I didn't let you finish because I said we'll discuss it on the on the podcast instead of telling it because we don't want to just recreate conversations that sounds flat. Um, why don't you tell that about us? I don't think I'm going to agree with those ministers. I don't think you do. I don't know that any of right. us will, but I'd like to at least give them a chance. Right. So what do they say? Well, basically, they and and I, to be honest with you, oops, I just hit my mic. I don't know why this sticks in my brain so well because it. I can remember the. When it, when it was at church, who the pastor was that was speaking? Who was, was that? Oh, it was nobody that it was nobody that anybody here knows. Um, I'm kidding. It was back when I was going to church in Southern Oregon. Um, but they were talking about ministry, and the one thing that they could not stand was how seemingly easy or loose we use that term ministry. As far as we have, uh, you know, a pulpit ministry. Uh, puppet ministry, children ministry, youth ministry, music ministry, uh, signs ministry. You know, basically there's a ministry for everything. And what he was saying was that the Bible talks about the five-fold ministry, and that's what it boils down to. You have the five-fold ministry, and that's what that term should be kept for. I can see their point because I, I think that in a sense, sometimes we do overuse that term, 
at the same time, when you break down ministry as the word and what it means to minister, right? And we've covered some of this, and it is to serve. You are serving that specific uh, community or group. Um, but I think the fivefold ministry, you know, that, uh, I mean, maybe you guys can help. Uh, I know Brother uh, Stonking, and I really wish that I would have, because I've read the book. It's been a while, but I, I wish I would have um, had time to open it up and, and go through it. Maybe, uh, Nigel, I'm sure you've probably memorized it and uh, memorized. outlined yeah, it, memorized. and I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, uh, but Brother Stone King re- wrote a book called Five Full Ministry um, and Spiritual Gifts or something like that, I think yeah. is what it was called. Gifts of the Spirit. Um, outlining those those five specific ministries. But I don't know if that's technically the... I mean, you guys can help me out. I don't well, know if that's it, the same well, thing the, as far the, as... In the, in the book of Acts, they uh, they had to begin uh, to, to uh, give responsibility to other uh, guys that were there that were helping with the Greeks and the uh, Jews, the elderly, and they were... There were ministries because they were they were serving, you know what I mean. They were helping out. Um, if if we don't if we don't term those things as ministry, then what the music music team or you know the what what phrase are you going to use? It's kind of a debatable uh, term. It, yeah. It- it's you just know, using a term. It's and just I, using a term. I guess that kind of touches on a point that I do have a little more, I understand more. My dad would never have a youth pastor, music pastor. It was always youth leader. And I, I kind of like that because I've always thought I have one pastor and that that's clear that I'm loyal to him. If there's any other leader that is not being loyal to the pastor, they're out of line. Mm-hmm. So I have one pastor. Um, I am uh, technically an associate pastor, so... <laughs> now, I, I was I, just going to say... no. I'm I am assistant a, to the pastor. <laughs> I am officially the youth pastor here. I'm referred to that, and it doesn't bother me. I know. I'm just I make playing. sure in, in un, everybody under me knows that I'm just in between... Exactly. Your pastor is Pastor Hodges. Right. I'm not your another yeah. pastor. I'm not a second pastor. I'm not your shepherd. I'm your under shepherd. I'm helping, helping. pastor yeah. shepherd you. Right. I think there's uh, been but, quite a few you know, church splits uh, where that absolutely role, where those roles got confused. Confused. Yeah. You should never. And so I understand that point a little yeah. more. And I'm I'm guessing that that person was implying that concept. But I'm sorry if you're going to try to quote scripture to prove a point. Let me quote scripture to, to disprove your point. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but Ephesians 4:12 in the King James. Well, let, let me just let me. I know you're going to keep the thought, but anytime you have to start the phrase by saying, "I know," I don't mean to sound arrogant, but, <laughs> but. and we all know how much I love that word. Okay, anytime you no, say it, you're basically you just said, "Okay, I'm going to be arrogant," but just forgive me for a minute while I do this. Yeah. Excuse but it's okay. That's why I love you. My point was, I started. I realized how arrogant I sounded. I don't. I'm really not. But the Bible's pretty clear on this. The King James version. Some people def, 
um, argue about what it means. It's very clear in the other versions. I think it's clear in the King James. Talking about the fivefold ministry, he then says why he gave us the ministry. He says, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, here's the problem. The King James Version puts a comma there. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no punctuation in right. the original language, but I'll read it to you the way the King James says. For the perfecting of the saints, this is why the ministry was given to us. For the perfecting of the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry, comma, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That comma, or the first comma shouldn't be there. If you look at any other translation or the original language, the implication is for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, meaning you're perfecting the saints so they can do the work of the ministry. Yeah. If you look at almost any other translation, yeah. um, and I have my problems with most other translations, one of the most reliable is English Standard Version. It says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. Um, an interesting one, the Berean Literal Bible, I like that every now and then, says toward the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of Christ. New American Standard Bible says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Remember, because ministry yeah. is service. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. To the building up of the body of Christ. And I could go down the, the list. I like this one too. Holman Christian Standard Bible. This gives a really good um, perspective on what it means to be a pastor. For the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. A pastor's job is to train ministers. Mm-hmm. Right. To train ministers so that they can do the work of the yeah. ministry. Yeah. And I really like that word to train, to have that in my mind. Um, and I just actually, I just ran across that translation in kind of doing a little research for this topic. But it's my job not really to get people to heaven. Yes, I want to do that. But my job is to train ministers. Not necessarily five full ministers. That's a part of it. Um, and my dad always said, too, that the people he looked for to preach are people who are already doing the work of the ministry. Yeah. Because if your job as part of the fivefold ministry is to train, equip, help the saints do mini- do the work of the ministry, if you're not doing the work of the ministry, how are you going to teach somebody else to do it? Preach them? Yeah. Right. You know, like, and I know that in the secular world we say, well, those who can't do teach. But that's not how it works in the bi- in 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 the kingdom of God. Right, right. You've got to do it first, and so back to our original point, I guess, or, or statement that we're combating. I never get asked to preach. What would you tell Nigel? You travel a lot. Let's say somebody came up to you already, obviously with a bad attitude that yeah. needs to be fixed first. But a young a guy in the church comes up to you and says. Nigel, it's not fair. My, I know I'm called to preach, and pastor never asked me to preach. Yeah. I can't imagine something <laughs> stupid enough to come tell a visiting minister that. Maybe in, in your home, let's say you were a minister in yeah. your church. You used to work at um, Granberry. So while you're in your church, somebody comes up to you and says that to you. So you have a little bit more of a relationship with him. I'll How say, would you respond to that? I'll tell him, dude. Go and teach a Bible study. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Go that's exactly and teach what I a would Bible study, man. You fill yep. up three pews first, and then you can come and preach at this pulpit. <laughs> when so many churches are started as a Bible study. Yes. That's what daughter works most, a lot of times are. We yeah. have, uh, in our church right now, we have a group meeting. I'm not saying it's going to be a daughter work. I have not heard any discussion of that, but... Um, this guy started teaching a Bible study. I think they have like twenty some people now. Yeah, oh. just you know? teach a Bible um, study, man. 
And if they really want to preach, go to the nursing home, and they would yep. love to hear you preach. They'll sit there. If you want some practice, go go to nursing home. Go to start going to uh, the hospital, man. Uh, find a way, yep. you know. Get a, get to the hospital. Uh, pray for people. You can when they are desperate, they'll lay down there and listen to you all day long. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. that's, yeah, that's what I, like I did. That going to the <laughs> nursing home thing too, because I'll yeah. be honest, I hate preaching in the nursing home. Yeah, they just—it's <laughs> terrible. Cause nobody listens. Well, I mean, none of them are listening. They're just glad somebody's there. Somebody's there. I don't talk- know if half of them can hear you. I literally every single time I went—I've only been to one nursing home. I've yeah. preached at that same one several times, but at that one, every single time I was there, at the group was never larger than probably fifteen, and at least two of them. Yeah. So more than ten percent of the congregation were literally sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like drooling on themselves. Old, man. What do you expect? Exactly. <laughs> At least they're so, there. <laughs> partially. Yeah. You know. Um. And then they start talking back and forth. It's great training great. on not yeah. getting distracted when yeah. you're preaching. Do you know? not um, ever preach for a response. You're not preaching absolutely. for a response. If you want to learn yep. that. Preach in a nursing home. <laughs> well, and I know if you were, if you live in a bigger city, uh, in, like in L.A., for instance, there are missions downtown where you can go and uh, preach and then also volunteer to yep. uh, help serve uh, in that capacity. Um, specifically, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you can go to the, you can go to the mission based out of uh, Harvest Tabernacle. Um, the Union Mission, I think, is called. Um, or Go preach downtown. at the jail. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't, uh, if they, if you really feel called to preach, you know, I, yeah. I felt called to preach at 16. Um, I came into church when I was 13, and those first three years, it was just being in Sunday school, learning the scripture and all of that. Mm-hmm. At 16, right. they began to give me to teach Sunday school. Um, I started teaching Sunday school in, on Sundays, you know, class probably ages, what was it, probably 9 through 11, pre-teens. And I began to teach that for a couple of years I did that, you know. Um, when I get, got to Bible school, that's when I started preaching during chapel in Fiji. And uh, but But the thing was that I just got involved... Um, right. Any opportunity I got, uh, and and not with the intention of preaching, but just being involved. I wanted to be serving. I wanted to serve anyway, any capacity. Yeah. Uh, and and when you're a youth, you have all the time in the world. You know what I mean? Right. When you you don't have any bills to pay, you just have you're living under your parents' roof. You don't have responsibilities. Uh, there's no time to be bored. Uh, you know what I mean? You can get so involved in in, in doing ministry and uh, just just go to go to the hospital, go to the prison, yeah. go to nursing homes, uh, go to Bible studies. I'm sure that pastor would love an altar worker. You know, be on Sundays yep. and Wednesdays, just be there to do whatever you can. Uh, to help the pastor, I know that uh, you you guys probably had uh, Tim. You and I had Brother Jokey, and he he taught a lesson uh, serving from the second chariot about yeah. uh, Joseph. You know what I mean? That if you are in a church, you are there to fulfill another man's dream. You That's are true. there to fulfill 
the pastor's dream, that the vision that the that God has given that pastor. So you are not there to say, "Oh, I have a ministry. You got to recognize my ministry." You are there to serve in any capacity. And God did not just by coincidence put you in the church. It is the will and the purpose of God for you to be in that church, and it is the will of God that you help that church grow to whatever capacity. And uh, and it's not something about you because we are nothing but just a small part in the work of the God, of God. You know what I mean? That's all that we're doing. You, I tell you what, if you uh, start complaining about not getting asked to preach, you better yeah. be ready to preach. Yeah, you better have some sermons ready. Right. Because if you if I uh, you know you you might your first time might be like hey you ready to preach tonight yeah if you're not ready well sorry then you're not you're you're not really wanting you know <laughs> you don't ha- you're not the reason you're wanting to preach is not the right reason the reason you want to preach should be because you have a message inside you that you want to get so, out yeah not because you want to get up and say something I don't know what I want to say yet yeah. but I want to say something I'll figure out what I'm going to say once you say that I can get behind your pulpit yeah. You know, um, if you feel called to preach, I highly recommend start writing sermons and, yes, yeah. you know, start analyzing your pastor's sermons. Yeah. You know, take notes on your pastor's sermon, yeah. go home yeah. and act like you're trying to preach that sermon based yeah. on your notes. Yeah. Um, I remember brother, I think it was Griffin. Yeah. That when yeah. he was a young minister, he was sitting on the front pew, not I don't think he'd ever preached before, maybe. Maybe he had. I don't know. But he was sitting there one day. His uh, pastor, just middle sermon, took the mic. He said, uh, uh, Griffin, come here. Finish my sermon. Went and sat down. Yeah. You know, that that you got to be paying attention. And then, you know, the Bible says be instant in season and out of season. Yeah. You got to be ready, ready to when it's convenient and when it's not. Not convenient, yeah. It's a trustworthy pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, my, there's no the thing, is, and that, that's so true. And I remember Brother Griffin saying, "In Brother Griffin's mind, you don't practice to preach. If you're gonna nope. preach, you better I, preach, or you don't preach at that's all." That's right. You know what I mean? Because Cause, yeah, he t- <laughs> we had preaching class with him. Yes, that's you're right. right. <laughs> Hermeneutics, and he he told us to you don't you don't practice preaching. There's no, no. practice. Yeah, you, so in the very you first preach, class, you just preach. He told us he, <laughs> yeah, the very first class he told us he said, "Look, I know a lot of these guys that teach these preaching classes. They'll sign you up for like a chance for you to preach and whatever." He's like. If you have something on your heart, you come tell me. I'll schedule you can preach. Yeah. If you don't have something that you feel God gave you for this <laughs> class, you're not going to get a preach because we don't practice preaching. No, no um, practice now, preaching. he very much clarified later on. Yeah, you're not going to practice to preach in a public setting. Public setting, yeah. But practicing to preach in your bathroom mirror, yeah, do it. Do it. Um, something I do actually, I've learned to do this when I'm trying to understand a topic or the Lord's been dealing with me about something, I will frequently, whether I have any intention of ever preaching on it or not, I will go, I'll start trying to explain it to someone mm-hmm. that's not there. Right? I'm walking along, just acting like I'm trying to explain to someone or yeah. preach a message based on it. Yeah. With no notes, just because that will cement it in your it mind. will, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, but that practicing your preaching, acting like you're preaching, preaching yeah. to stuffed animals if you got to have an audience. That's true. You know, or dogs or something. Talk to um, somebody. I know that when I was young, when I started having interest to uh, to do something, I started writing notes every time that I was in church service. I was writing notes 
uh, for the pastor. Well, we've done it again. We've talked so much. We're going to make this a two-parter. We've already listened to part one. Part two, we get a little more practical on some of the alternative places you can minister. I'm sure by now you can guess the show notes are at BehindThePulpitPodcast.com slash 13. As always, we would love to hear from you. Write on our wall, message us, or comment on a post at Facebook.com slash BehindThePulpitPodcast. Or you can always, or as always, you can email us at contact at behind the pulpit or you know you can email us at contact at behind the podcast.com and until next time remember you matter to the kingdom of god behind the pulpit podcast